Welcome to the Fergus Falls Business Spotlight Podcast, the show that takes a deep dive into local businesses and the individuals that run our community. To guide you along the way, here's your host, Jacob Bittner. Welcome in. I'm here with another great guest. I had a great week kind of off, um, did a little traveling for my other job, and it, it takes work to get these guests lined up, so I'm very, very thankful to have Dan Mohagen with Outstate Brewing here today. How are you doing this morning, Dan? I'm doing well, doing well, and I, I apologize for the work it took. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, it's all good. It's uh, it's a lot to coordinate these. I just appreciate you taking time out of your life to uh, to come and do this. It's a, it's a really, really, um, really, really good thing for the community, I think, to hear different perspectives from different business owners and just be here in a real format. So I appreciate that. Um, I did. I got big news here for the podcast. This is huge. We got our first sponsor in the form of coffee, and me and Dan are enjoying it this morning. So we have this uh, workhorse blend here. I've got, I got to walk over and get this label. I should have been more prepared here. You, t- you tell them about uh, what, what you're experiencing this, with this cup of coffee. Yeah. Here. Well, I, th- I believe what I'm drinking is uh, the Workhorse Blend from Stumbino's. It is uh, hot and black, uh, perfectly bitter. So we've with- got this. Uh, the way they describe it here is uh, dry grounds have cedar, cocoa, and caramel notes. Cedar, cocoa, and caramel notes. Uh, blooming grounds ha- release an earthy, woodsy burst. In the cup, it is full-bodied, sweet, earthy, and balanced. So- yep. That's 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 a good cup of coffee here. This workhorse blend. I'm going to be drinking a lot of this on the podcast. Um, I'm really really thankful for uh, the Stumbino's coffee for um, deciding that they wanted to provide that. So I'm excited to hear their story at some point too. They'll get on in they've, time. They've in got time. a fantastic story. They do have a fantastic story. So, but let's get into yours, Dan. Um, yeah. Tell me a little bit. First of all, give me a uh, just a little bit about yourself. Where'd you grow up? Uh, your just graduated a year ahead of me, but tell the people about your time in Fergus growing up. Yeah, so I'm um, born and raised here in Fergus Falls, born at Lake Region uh, Healthcare. Um, went through the public school system and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that um, before moving off to uh, far off lands like Fargo and, and Duluth, Minnesota, um, and realizing that uh community was really important to me i found community in those places but i also realized that that uh that type of community was available uh at home in fergus falls absolutely absolutely you got to build it though you got to yeah. come back yeah. and be a part of it and you yep. got to come back and build it so well awesome so talk, where did you you went to college in duluth or yes uh went to college in duluth and and mostly worked at uh grandma's uh sports garden and uh which was a a bar and i guess you'd call it nightclub as well as a place that did things like uh you know big concerts boxing uh, a lot of fun entertainment and then where did you um we'll get into how you met pat in a little bit and where Mm -hmm. your guys's um paths cross but what was your um and like what got you into passion being passionate about opening a brewery or being a part of this industry? So for me, um, I have uh, always loved our community and loved um, hosting and, and being 
a part of of uh, you know e events and things like that, um, as well as having a, a real mind for marketing, I think, or, or a desire for marketing um, and storytelling. Um, and so that's kind of my perspective and angle on the business. And then um, Pat has a real ability for making quality beer. Um, and so um, I think there was a natural uh, thing between us with that desire for storytelling um, and hosting. And so I wasn't able to get Pat in. Maybe a future episode I can sit down with Pat. Yes. Um, and get a little bit more of the, we're going to talk a lot about your side of the operation, the, the sort of front of house and the distribution. Yep. Um, and then maybe I'll get him on for like a brewer's tips or a little bit more about the process of what goes yeah. into brewing your guys' beers. Absolutely. But, um, so I guess, did you work at a brewery? Had you worked at breweries before? No. No. Uh -uh. So no. you were just in the service industry though? In the service industry, worked in a number of, yeah, different bars, restaurants, um, and then Prior to Outstate, had been selling real estate uh, for about eight years, um, which was a lot of creating marketing and, and things like that. Outstate was a real estate company prior to being a brewery. No, Mohagen Real Estate was. Mo okay. Well, but Pat and I both sold real estate. So how did you meet Pat? Where did, your guys's, where did your guys' paths cross? So Pat uh, moved to Fergus Falls in 2010 um, as the Young Life area director right. okay. um, was hired to be that and then uh, through serving that ministry together we became good friends um, became aware of his brewing and then uh, as well he started selling real estate for for me and my family company Mohagen gotcha. Real Estate okay that yes. makes sense so then that's where that relationship developed so you guys met each other in like 2010 through Young Life then and then yes. 20 19 end of 2019 was when the brewery officially opened when did that like what time what was the time frame between your guys's initial idea and the process of building it up until the point where it opened i believe it was about 18 months from the time that we uh, kind of stacked hands and decided that this is what we were going to do wow. um writing up the business plan finding first investors um and then from there, going into site selection and, uh, yeah, putting, we put uh, shovels in the ground uh, in the in the depth of winter, which was, okay. in hindsight, not the, not the greatest idea. However, it did get us built right before the, the pandemic, so. <laughs> <laughs> Just in time for the pandemic, Just right? We'll time. talk about that, too. That's, a, so. that's an interesting one. So, uh, you guys, you and Pat then are 50-50 owners. No, not exactly. No. Okay. Um, we are, uh, I would say, 50-50 leaders or, or we lead together. Um, however, there's uh, there's about uh, 10 other investors that uh, are with us. In gotcha. Okay. Okay. Yes. So it's it's very... It, okay. I gotcha. That makes, that makes some yep. sense because you guys have a very, very nice building. You built it from the ground up. Mm -hmm. You... Guys might be really good at real estate, but that takes a lot to throw something like that together. It's a beautiful building. So you guys yes. got a good team backing you. That's good to hear. Um, so talk about that location a little bit. It was a it was just a plot of dirt before you guys put a building on it. That location was a plot of dirt. It, uh, it turned out to be a, a plot of dirt with like a lot underneath it, literally. Um, 
yeah, the the river there is very interesting, very beautiful. It's um, for those who don't know Fergus, it's within a block of our city center, right? Wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, it's right there. And uh, it's also on a part of the river that has immense beauty, but it's not entirely natural. It's been manipulated um, by our community throughout history. Mm. And uh, so there's parts of the river that are built up um, to affect the flow of the river for the railroad um, that has caused us to have this this really big, beautiful, almost lake-like look. So, that's, so that river, I think we maybe mentioned I don't know if we've mentioned, like, uh, in the first episode with Sam, we mentioned the river maybe played a part in the logging, but the river was really all about the power and the building of Ottertail Power. They harnessed the river for the energy to build their entire corporation. They owned the plot of land before you guys. Is that correct? Yes, but only since the 1960s or 70s. Okay. That they had purchased it. And they purchased it with the intent of putting a substation there in the future. Um and then it became evident that that wasn't going to be the future of that, and they held on to it um, until a, a wonderful employee of theirs saw the the value in it and and uh, helped us. So who's that? Get it who's community. that employee? Who helped uh, bring that together? If you don't, you don't have to yeah, drop names no, if you don't want to. Uh, he was acting in in the um, role of. Uh, I believe community economic development advisor. Okay. Uh, and his name's Dale Umloff. And okay. he, yeah, he, he saw our vision and, and what we were doing awesome. and, uh, and helped us to connect with Ottertail. Um, yeah. And, and helped cool. us navigate. Awesome. That. What a great site. It really is. It really is one of the best locations that I could imagine drinking a beer at. It's, it's awesome. So it ticked our boxes. That's yeah. for sure. So talk to me about then that startup. Um, you guys had a number of the pandemic was a huge hurdle in your startup. Talk to me about your guys's um, how things got started. What 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 outstate starting up looked like? I know it it holds a special place in our community with a lot of people. Um, we the, anyone who's involved with that soft opening just they know the the depth of the meaning of your guys's spot and bringing people together. So just talk about that a little bit. And um, how things were like in the startup. Yeah. So so the startup um, was a, a lot of time in planning and preparation. It, we were working with a lot of people who had never done wh- what we w- were doing before. Um, but we also had connected to um, some people that have a great deal of experience in it. Um, so one thing that might not be known is... Uh, we, we've got a partner with us that uh, was the longest standing brewer for New Belgium. Um, and, and he's always been guiding us and in, in helping us to understand um, the direction and scope of what we're doing. Um, and, and we've also always tried to um, carry that sort of spirit with connecting ourselves to a community that carries depth where we're um, lacking ourselves. Um, what was the scope of breweries in Fergus prior? I don't know what I'm going to get Fergus brewing on here at some point. I don't know when mm-hmm. they started in the process compared to you guys. I know union was around before they were the first brewery in town that kind of paved the way for you guys. Yep. Um, union. Yeah. Union was the first, um, 
We found out about Fergus Brewing within about a week of our public announcement of our project as well. Okay. And so um, right in step um, around the same time we were in development and building. Awesome. Interesting. And um, great for our community to have beer options. You guys both brew really good beer. Thank so, you. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's very good. So, all right. I hear that. Yeah. So talk to me then a little bit more about that, rolling things out, how things got started. Yeah, so so we um, we were talking about always we've always had a spirit of bringing community around us, um, and and uh, as we approached opening time, that was incredibly um, important to us having people helping with building physically uh, the building, having people um, engaging with uh, us on on what the plans would be for what types of things we'd be hosting as far as music and, and entertainment that way. Um, and, and we also experienced um, some heavy loss uh, at that time as well um, that I think in hindsight, um, you know, we think of every day, but it's galvanized uh, us as a community in, in a certain way as well. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone, yeah, like I said, anyone who was close to that situation knows the impact of the loss that the community experienced and the um yeah it's it's outstate's a great place to reconnect with people and and remind each other that community with friends is one of the most important things Mm -hmm. so absolutely um so that that was um your guys's opening weekend and then that first winter that was like the winter of december 2020 that going into that winter and then you guys had what a few months of operation there before mm-hmm. we had our pandemic that tried to shut you guys down did shut you guys down for a short amount of time talk about that how how was that first couple months it man it was frustrating yeah. um and it's still something that i don't think we fully understand however i think we've um we've navigated beyond it um I remember feeling like early on, and it's hard to put a date on it exactly, but sometime around Christmas, I remember feeling a message from the community that maybe it's not okay to be inviting people anymore to our establishment um, because of a looming pandemic. This was already December? I you think it was December that. and January, yes. Very interesting. Yep. January, I know February is kind of when it, when, when it was coming into public yeah, consciousness. Interesting yeah. that it was that early that people were telling you guys, I don't know. And so, but it was really conflicting because here we had this bright, shiny new thing that we wanted to invite the whole world to come see. Mm-hmm. And yeah, yeah. And yeah. then here's, here's uh, COVID-19. So what was that then? You guys, do you know the time frame? How long were you guys shut down? When were you forced to, did they come by and say you can't run this establishment anymore that was a state issued thing yeah uh, it was state issued for us we learned it mostly through television like if you remember like the the governor giving addresses and stuff that's Mm -hmm. that's where we were getting our information um i think you know at some point there were letters that went out that kind of said if you are open you shouldn't be um which was um yeah that's about there was like no one coming around knocking on doors right. or anything like right. that. Right. But we were 
Yeah, I would say at that point we were kind of full stop as far as business mm-hmm. goes. So then talk to then what what did you guys have for beers initially? What did you roll out with for that like startup period? How many beers did you start with? I think our our initial offering was six beers that were focused on um, providing, I guess, something across a spectrum uh, of tastes. And which which of those are still around of those six? Oh, gosh. It would be Blue Northern Light, Bucket Pale Ale, Star Island IPA. Um, we released something called Big Dipper was our stout at the time. Okay. And then uh, River Rock was an amber. Um, and what was number six? I think you named six. No, that was five. Oh, I was five. counting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't have uh, you didn't have my favorites, the Edge Catcher and the Back Road. Those were later developments. Those are things that came with yeah with with some time experiments and experience. Some so time. this talk to me about then the growing of those uh, products and services and how things grew once you w- were able to get things rolling after the pandemic and after things got back to quote normal. <laughs> yep. So we have, I would say as far as our products go, we have a vision um, and commitment to producing high standards, but also experimenting um, and, and uh, trying new things on a regular basis and and doing it as well as we can. Yeah, you guys, those, all your funky, unique drinkers or whatever, I hadn't, I, there's still some of those I haven't tried, but I just tried that uh, Pond Hockey Porter I can almost be drinking that for breakfast right now. That that one that's a good that's a good interesting yeah. unique beer. So um, let's right. just talk about then your development of beers a little bit more. The uh, move from those like original six into like your guys's like full list here. Yes, what you guys got going on today? I know I love the back road. I'm assuming that gets poured probably the most often these in the days. tap room in the yes. tap room yep. <laughs> yeah yes okay so there's and then we got to talk about distribution too we'll get into that because that's a big part of what you do so yes but first let's just talk about your beers and, and what's popular so the beers that uh that our immediate community gets to drink in our tap room um are going to be the most diverse and the most uh, exciting as far as what's coming out of our r&d um it's also a little bit skewed as to what what we really produce um, on the whole scale. But the thing that gets poured the most is our Saturday's seltzer. Really? Yep. Okay. Um, which is, we, we typically have two different flavors available. Um, and then from there, it goes to Blue Northern Light uh, and Common Cream, I would say, are okay. kind of um, two parts of, of hitting a similar demographic of light beer uh aficionados okay um which for us is a demographic that is really important we really respect and it's a product that we're really proud of yeah um i haven't tried your guys' seltzers yet that'll be my next trip out i'll try some seltzers yeah do you can those and distribute those seltzers or is that a different animal that's a different animal um and it's because of the economy of scale so uh i mean the the white claws and the high noons are always going to have their place, mm-hmm. um, and and it's mostly because 
they're able to buy cans by the millions and uh, things like that. So, so, so it's not the. I would actually think the back road and the edge catcher. The back road and the edge catcher are amongst the best. So, because yes. the edge catcher won or it plays very well in a national competition amongst IPAs. It was like top twenty amongst yes. IPAs nationally. Yes, I mean it's an amazing beer. I'm not a double eight IPA guy myself. But this one doesn't scare doesn't scare the uh, me away as someone who's like afraid of a hoppy beer. It's a little bit harder out of a can than it is off the tap. Okay, um, that's my. But I love. It's like my. It's one of my favorite beers. I, I get that. I get one every time I come in there. Just one because I'm usually driving home. But it's yeah. <laughs> yeah, eight and a half percent. Yeah, that's a big. That's a big one. So what? What about the distribution then? Talk to me about. Give us an overview of that because that's what you do. You focus on. The distribution well, side that of is part of it, yeah. Part of it, <clears throat> and that is something that, as yes, as we grow, I'll, I'll continue to have more and more of a focus on distribution. Um, to date, about seventy percent of the product that we make goes out outside of outstate's walls, and about thirty percent of it goes through our tap room. Okay, um, and so that's through liquor stores and bars and restaurants. And I know you guys, the state. Um, I know some people in Alexandria. My, my my family at least listens to this in Alexandria. You guys have distribution Alexandria. Where are you guys? What towns are all you in? So far, um, yeah, so far we've got a, a distribution network that is really northwest Minnesota. Um, and, and we work with a distributor called DS Beverage that carries okay. through that area. And then, uh, but they stop in Brandon. Okay. And then anything east of Brandon is self-distribution. Um, kind of down the I-94 corridor. We do, currently we stop just short of the Twin Cities. Um, and then we carry up into like the Brainerd area as well, self-distribution. Um, but our focus uh, is to build relationships with distributors that'll continue to carry our products, yeah. um, which gives us the ability to focus on making the highest quality products yeah so what do you sell then most on the distribution side what moves the most on the distribution side it's uh certainly edge catcher up in that high rank and then uh, our seasonal products do really well um shore lunch shandy um throughout the summer is our number okay. one seller oktoberfest is a, a big deal um but yeah the we've got um between eight and 10 beers available to the distribution market at all times. Um, not that full 17 that we have. Right. So the tap room. talk to me then a little bit. Let's talk about your team here of yep. people that are running this. You've got your kind of, we just talked about your on the distribution. Pat's doing the brewing. What else, who else is involved in this? Do you have people that work specifically in distribution and brewing? Yep. Yep. Okay. And so, cap room, obviously. So we've got, uh, yeah, there's kind of the, the public service side, which would be the tap room, as well as going out and doing events and things like that. Then we've got the production and, and brewing side, um, which would be um, Pat and Sean. Uh, Sean McCarty is our uh, lead brewer, is his title. And then uh, um, you'd see Zane Stratton helping back there, developing flavors. Um, and then, um, on the sales side, um, uh, you've, you've got myself and my father, Marty 
uh, Mohegan who uh, um, go out and, and facilitate relationships with with the bars and restaurants, um, as well as distributors and the salespeople that, that work with our product that way. Um, and then, as well, we get to work with the community service side of it on sales through doing samplings um, and things like that to promote okay. our product. And then I see Shelly in there. And she- yep. Shelly. Shelly, uh... Shelly works through... All of those, all uh, of those things. <laughs> all of those things. Yes. <laughs> right. 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 Um, so and does does our uh, um, marketing on social media, as well as working with our big events. Um, yeah. Awesome. So, so this is kind of a quieter time of year for you guys in the winter. Obviously, this was this would be the quietest. It's the planning season. It's the planning season. Okay. Yeah, yep. Well, but I was in there the other day for some music, and there's there's still some people out there drinking. So let's talk a little bit about um, let's transition into business future outlook. Unless you want to get anything added to the background, do we do we miss anything on the background about the business before we move on to like no oh, yeah current operations future a little bit. I think it'd be okay to transition. Cool. Let's talk then about um, what are your plans to grow that? You said what you're 70, 30 out of house, in house. Mm-hmm. Is that like a, a 50, 50 goal for breweries to make? Is that they want more outside distribution than in-house distribution? What are your guys, what's your future outlook as far as trying to grow on the distribution or the tap room side of things? Yep. So, so our vision is to grow that outside distribution to be a higher volume. It's uh, certainly rewarding in a different way. Mm-hmm. The the in-house sales um, are, are exciting and enjoyable. Um, but you'll see that flex from what was a 50-50 is now 70% distribution, 30% in-house and that'll grow to 90% distribution That's, okay. and 10% in-house. Gotcha. Cool. Um, um, what about new products or services in the works? Can you hint at that? Are you allowed to talk about anything in the pipelines or is that just like a, eh? I would say that's, it's the most important part of what we're doing and, and it's what really builds our reputation. Yeah. Um, what's in the works. There are things that we're intending to, release this summer that I think the market will be excited about, the drinkers will be excited about. Um, I think uh, the people who are, are drinking in our tap room um, will feel heard in, in what we're putting out yeah. in cans, which is exciting. Um, yeah, and we're working on... Um, I know that, just to in, in, interrupt you on that, I know that I was a part of the... Um, it was like a mad rush to buy up the back road hazy, <laughs> the limited the limited cans that you guys released in the back yeah. road. I think they were in the cooler for like a week and a half or two weeks maybe. So more of those. Can up more of that back road yep. hazy. That'll sell for sure. Yep. So, so but um, the, the effort that it took to get to where that back road is um, is something that you'll see us continuing to do mm-hmm. um, with other products. And yeah. So So yeah. that one hasn't um gone off for national testing yet the back road hazy have you guys sent that one off to for any for tests? competitions yeah um no it has not because that's a, not. that's a that's a good beer it's it will go it's out for a some. really good beer it's gonna yeah. it's gonna do well so um you're kind of as far as uh 
out future outlook goes, open new positions within the company. You guys are fairly well staffed and taken care of at the moment. What's your, well, what's, yes, what are things it, looking like for that? At the moment, yes, mm-hmm. I would say. Um, however, it's a precarious moment because it's February in Minnesota. Right. Um, and so, yeah, so there we'll have lots of room for growth and uh, exciting positions coming up. Um, you know, I would foresee in the not too distant future having opportunities for someone who likes to coordinate um, events and, and things like that within our community, working with um, nonprofit organizations and, and stuff like that, mm. um, as well as expanding our sales force um, and, and uh, customer service. Mm. Um, and then I think the most obvious is production uh, as far as more beer um, mm-hmm. takes more man hours. Yeah, I like it. So. I like it. Um, so you guys have some events coming up. I was at Zach Thomas a few weeks ago. He's coming back in a couple weeks. Yeah, we uh, like him. That's, uh, yeah, I think, I don't know the exact date of that, but it's uh I think it's sat- the 25th. 25th. Is that, is that a Saturday? Yeah, yeah, that would make sense. It's like the last Saturday in February. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Dan Olson with Blue Red Roses is going to be there March 11th. Uh, it looks like again at the end of April and at the end of May. So if you guys didn't get a chance to listen to the episode I did with Dan Olson and Blue Red Roses, go back and listen to that. He's an, got a very, very interesting, awesome story, and I cannot wait for uh, for that. I really mm-hmm. enjoyed the music um, that you guys that, that you guys do there. So talk yeah. to me a little bit more about those events, what it takes to coordinate those, and um, what the community can do to get involved with all that. Yeah. Um, so we love doing events, um, I would say large and small, but, but there are certain events that we really, um, feel a responsibility to put on, um, including music on a regular basis. Um, but like this next, this next one that Dan and Mary are playing, um, is our community chili, uh, competition. Okay. So it's a, it's a competitive cook-off. Ooh. Um, that goes to benefit our local food shelf. That's on March 11th. That's on March 11th. So yep. how can they get signed up for that? Well, you can email uh, me, Dan, at outstatebrew.co or uh, admin at outstatebrew.co. Okay. Um, or always, you know, you can just reach out through one of our social media uh, messengers or, or something like that. I like it. Um, but yeah, so we love putting on those types of events. They take months uh, of planning um you know right now we're already talking about our Oktoberfest that's you know coming up in september um and we're talking about our wrestling event this year and we're talking about uh some exciting events that are going to be happening within our community you know even next january and february yeah and so yeah cool um yeah, I make sure you guys that you guys have the board at the at the tap room there that has all your events or at least your mm-hmm. live music. I assume if there's an event to be advertised, pay attention to their Facebook page, pay attention to the signage at the tap room there and don't don't miss out on that stuff. So, yeah. Um talk to me a little bit more about as far as like a, a listener call to action if you're listening, talk to me about these limited release beers. How long are they going to be around for? 
Talk to me about these limited release beers. Here's the thing. Yeah. These limited release beers, we so we produce beer typically 20 barrels at a time when we're talking about, you know, the beers that are going to full-scale distribution and serving the tap room. But then when we're talking about the beers that are in the R&D program, those are coming out one barrel at a time. And one barrel, uh, if we're talking about July, could be gone. If, if it's tapped on Friday, it could be gone by Sunday. Mm. Uh, and if we're talking about February, uh, the the hottest releases... So that warming house be a week or two. That warming house or that corner cafe might be around for like another couple weeks. Well, warming house is more of a mainstay right now okay. for us. Okay. But yes, that corner cafe could be gone quick. Um, yeah, this, right now we've got a couple sours on that uh, that could be gone quick. And what's that? The other one is what the EXP one. Is that right? So the EXP one is is our we are making our R&D department more understandable for the customers, I would say, in that EXP1. Um, that'll be a series where we continue to um, hone our craft and understanding of hoppy beers, um, and that'll continue to feed into something even more So refined. the next one will be EXP2? Three, four, it'll be like a series now until yes, you find yeah. one that's like, ooh, this is a good one. But then you'll have a certain experiment that that uh, that has a certain level of success and that'll become Amazing. something else. I like that. I love it. That's a great so, way to do it. It's yeah. a great way to do it. I like yeah. I like how you guys are doing that. So and, so and the branding behind that will be very fun and exciting, I think. Yeah. So So I guess let's talk about then how people we did a little bit how how can people get a hold of you or find out more about what's going on? Well, find us mostly on our social media uh, or through email. If you're looking specifically to get outstate beer, or maybe you want to um, coordinate an event with us either at outstate or uh, at a public place, um, mm-hmm. we we can be found um, at admin at outstatebrew.co um, or dan at outstatebrew.co um, yeah or jump on facebook and send us a message that's always a easy and sure cool all right so the uh we got a little bit of background uh, a fairly well um understanding of your guys's beer where you guys are distributing and all that talk to me before we move on to best business advice my favorite part of the episode i can't wait to pick your brain on that but talk to me about your guys's branding and how Outstate came to be, the name Outstate, and what that means to you and should mean to this community. Yeah. So uh, for us, the search for our brand was was really uh, interesting. And what we were looking to was something that would represent uh, our community well and and our beer well. And to be honest, we wanted to produce beer that represented our community. So um, for us, what Outstate really means is an overall balance. Um, it's a balance in lifestyle. Um, it's, it's a balance in high standards of beer, like the common cream ale. Um, but it's also exploratory experimentation. 
on on new frontiers uh, with things like our our cheesecake sours um, and also our programs to develop our understanding of um, hop utilization and and uh, making beers that are big and beautiful that way with different ingredients it's also a balance of work and play um you know look at someone who comes to outstate minnesota for a vacation but also look at the perspective of the person who's running the resort um and you can kind of see a beautiful harmony in that um it's literally a balance of of light and dark between um the exciting daytime hours uh out here and nights that are that are spotted with stars um and those two times also balance at a particular time dusk when it's appropriate to have a beer and, and <laughs> celebrate with community. I like it. Um, it's a balance of community and, and self um, coming together over that beer, like I just said, but also understanding and respecting the substance. Um, and I think, you know, all of that is represented in our logo. Um where you see a balance of the wild that is the lake at the bottom and the safety that is the cabin at the top. I like that. Uh, but what it's really about is the beach where both those things are balanced. Mm, I like that. That's good. So, that's a, that's a very good, I like that. And I also appreciate like that sense of community. You can see it in the menu that pond hockey porter has got local chocolate. You've got the, um, the coffee from Stumbino's featured in your beer as well. It's the, it's just, you guys have done a great job. Um, and that I, I enjoyed that. That's a good, that's <laughs> a good thing. So, um, let's get more of that goodness. Talk about your best business advice. All right. What do you have here? Best business advice, Mr. Mohagan. I've listened to the advice of the, of the others that have been on this podcast and, and I appreciated it. So, um, for us at Outstate, the advice that I've got is this. Uh, it takes time and it takes community. Uh, give it time, give it hours, give it days, weeks, months, give it quarters, give it years. Uh, pay attention and learn in hindsight, but give it the time it deserves along the way. Every day, give it the hours it requires and be in tune with your community and develop with it. There's no replacing community and no shortcut to healthy. It takes practice, common purpose, and communication. When you find your community lacks depth in a certain way, continue to develop with your community. Maintain your sense of community and give it time every day with adequate commitment. Ooh, very well prepared advice, sir. Um, I like it. Yeah, time Time, time. Give it time. Yes. Let things develop. Yes. In time, things will develop. Just keep developing them. So, all right. How about biggest mistake you've made and what to avoid in business? Whether that be an individual thing, something that came up along the way without state, but what do you wish you would have avoided along the way? I think the biggest mistake I've made is um, not communicating uh, in a timely fashion mm-hmm. with certain things. Yeah. yeah. So be in community in time yeah 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 i like that mm-hmm. timing work with work with the timing that the world gives you and communicate yep. communicate in time so all right is there uh 
Is there anything else you want to tell the people of Fergus on the way out of here to encourage them in their lives and get people out to drinking some beer? No, thank you for uh, being a wonderful community, and uh, we'll continue to do our best for you. Thank yeah. you. I want to encourage people on that front. Just encourage people when they want to do things like start a brewery or start a business that might be a little bit more obscure or different or a different way. That's how our community is going to grow and have nice things um, when people encourage that. So get out, drink local beer. Uh, this this town drinks a mountain of bush light. We're drinking down a mountain of bush light at the liquor store. Let's let's mix in some of that common cream ale here. We gotta we gotta get that going and support our support our local uh, our local team here. So thank you very much, uh, Dan, for joining us. I've got I've got guests in the works. I have one more on the schedule for sure here in a couple weeks. But I'm always trying to mix people in. So if you guys know anyone who wants to get on the show. Um, Reach out to me. I've got the uh, Facebook group as well as uh, ffbspodcast at gmail.com. So don't be hesitant. I don't care how small your business is, how large it is. I want to talk to everyone about all of their unique business ideas. So thanks for tuning in. Dan, thanks again for your time. And uh, we'll be back. You guys will hear from us again. So have a good week. Bye.